Amen. Let's look in Revelation chapter 3. Revelation chapter 3. I want to share a message entitled Overcoming Lukewarmness. Uh, Revelation chapter 3. We're going to begin reading in verse 14, which is a letter to the seventh church and uh, from the Spirit of God. And Revelation chapter 3 and verse 14 says, in the, Unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write, these things saith the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. I know thy works, that thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Because thou sayest, I am rich, and increased with goods, and have need of nothing, and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich and white raiment, that thou mayest be clothed, and that thy, the shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eye salve, that thou mayest see. As many as I love, I rebuke and chasten, be zealous therefore, and repent. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne, even as I also overcame and am set down with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Let's pray. God, we're so thankful uh, to be in church this morning, to be able to worship the living God. We're thankful, Lord, that we have the Word of God in front of us and we can allow it to uh, change us, allow it to mold us, allow it to direct our lives, our thought process, Lord, our hearts, uh, even our character, our conduct, Lord. I pray that we might be able to glean some thoughts here about the church of the Laodiceans that will help us in uh, being honest about who we are and where we are in our walk with God. Our resolve to live for God and our testimony that speaks of the reality of our, our testimony that God has saved us and made a difference in our life. And so I pray, Lord, that the Holy Spirit be our teacher today. I would ask, Lord, if there's someone here that's not sure they're saved, that you would touch their heart, that they might come to know who Christ is and to be able to know that they're going to heaven. So bless the preaching of the Word of God. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Where our text verse is actually verse 15 and verse 16. Uh, Jesus says, I know thy works, that thou art neither hot, I'm sorry, thou art neither cold nor hot. I would thou wert cold or hot. So then, because thou art lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Overcoming lukewarmness. This is a serious condition uh, that we can fall into as far as just not being on fire for God at all. And just living our lives in a lukewarm state, God says that he would spew us out. And uh, we know as you study the chapter, chapter 2 and chapter 3 of Revelation of the seven churches, uh, each of these seven churches were literal churches in Asia Minor. But also each one of these churches, if you look at their character and you look at their time frame in which it was written to them, and uh, we know that they can be applied to specific time frames uh, throughout history. And as you study the Laodicean church, the Laodicean church has been defined as 
being the, the church of the present day, the, the church of what we're living in, the time era or the time frame of the Laodiceans is upon us. And uh, we know this passage is very clearly dealing with the spirit of lukewarmness, or you could say indifference, uh, about spiritual things that were among the believers that were in the church at Laodicea. Uh, many times we must deal with that spirit within our own selves. And uh, certainly God's very re revealing here to the church of Laodicea uh, what their condition was and what they needed to do about it. And I believe it speaks to us to be willing to acknowledge that when we are develop a spirit of indifference or we develop a spirit of lukewarmness, uh, we cannot let it continue. you got to correct it. You need to turn back to the Lord and repent as verse 19 says, be, the, uh, uh, be zealous, therefore, and repent to get right with God once again. Indif indifference develops many times due to a lack of understanding of the big picture. In other words, life is more than just your little world that you live in. Uh, Christianity is more than just us sitting here in our church, local church. There is a bigger picture, and uh, God has a will, and he has a plan. His desire is for multitudes to be saved before Jesus comes again. And so we need to be plugged into the reality that God is doing something greater and even beyond where we are and what we're accomplishing. So because of that, we develop a spirit of being lukewarm in our living and uh, many times in our ministries, and things just kind of coast along. We're just satisfied to be content with uh, uh, mediocrity. We're not willing to put the go the extra mile or do the extra effort uh, to be able to further the kingdom of God, and we just fall into this spirit of the Laodiceans of just simply being lukewarm. And when that happens, you need to overcome it in your personal life. You need to overcome it in your ministries. We certainly need to overcome it in the world in which we live. Charles Spurgeon said this about this particular passage. He said, The condition described in the text is one of mournful indifference and carelessness. They had fallen into a condition which had chased away its Lord. And the sad thing is, oftentimes we don't stop to think that uh, God is not pleased, nor does he accept the spirit of mediocrity. Uh, Jesus is the, uh, uh, the praise of all of heaven. He was the glory of all the, of the heaven that had to present. And Jesus died on the cross for us because God sent the best of heaven to us. He sent the best uh, individual who would fulfill the perfect law of God to die for us on Calvary to give us a perfect, glorious salvation. And so God has given to us the best. I believe that he desires out of us to present to him the best. Uh, not just enough just to get by or not just enough to be able to make me feel comfortable, but rather am I doing my best for the Lord? Am I on fire for God? Or have I kind of drifted into this state of laziness and sleepiness where I'm just, okay, just, we just get by. And uh, many churches, many uh, ministries, many individuals who are believers fall into that. So first of all, I think you need to understand how do you overcome lukewarmness. You need to understand what lukewarmness is or what is the root of lukewarmness. First of all, we see that it's, it is a heart issue. 
oftentimes people say, I'm just not really interested because, you know, things have changed in society. Things change in church. The issue of lukewarmness is not what's going on around you. It's what's going on in you. Uh, the heart is uh, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. And if we're not careful, our heart will deceive us. Uh, the seed of our emotions, who we are and, and what we are, will control and manipulate us to a point to where we'll be distracted and disconnected with all that God is and what he wants to accomplish in our lives. I would hate to get to the end of my life and realize how much I missed out on because I was not willing to let God keep me on fire for him. In Psalm 101, Psalm 101 and verse 4, it says, A froward heart shall depart from me. I will not know a wicked person. So the psalmist was focused on the fact that he was not going to allow his heart to control him and draw him in fellowship with a wicked person. He said, that thing's going to depart from me. I'm not going to allow that to control me. And so we can overcome lukewarmness <coughs> when we understand it is a heart issue. It is not about the world we live in. It is not about the people around us. It's about what is in us personally. Uh, you know, I can't make anybody get excited about God. And uh, it's got to be the Holy Spirit that is witnessing your spirit, that you are the children of God, and the spirit of God stirring you up for things that are of worth and value because of the character of Jesus Christ. And no man can instill that into you. That comes from you and you alone. And so lukewarmness can be overcome if you understand what lukewarmness is and where it comes from. It is a heart issue. It is also a hindering issue. Lukewarmness will hinder you from living for God and being excited about the things of God. I, I've watched over the years people are all fired up and all excited about uh, being a Christian and living for God. And then you, all of a sudden you see things and circumstances come in their life. And as they come into their life, all of a sudden you see them starting to back off and starting to take their ease, in, as it were, in Zion. And you start watching their whole demeanor and their character change. And the next thing you know, they absolutely don't want anything to do with God at all. And it's because they did not understand the spirit of lukewarmness that was coming on their heart that Jesus warned the Laodicean church, you need to watch out. This is the major problem that you have to deal with in your time in history is this spirit of lukewarmness. And so it is a hindering issue because it comes from the heart. So a spirit of enthusiasm is replaced with a lethargic spirit. And so once you were all excited, I, it's, I love when people first get saved because they're stirred up. They're excited, you know, and uh, they're, they're not uh, hindered at all about talking about the Lord. They're thrilled that they're saved. They've been forgiven. They're going to heaven. And I'll tell you one thing, they're stirred up. But all of a sudden they get around somebody who is quote unquote spiritual that's not excited about the things of God and they lose their zeal. You'll get somebody in church, they'll get saved, and they get all excited, start shouting amen. And then all of a sudden, you got to start doing the stare down, the Baptist stare down. The Baptist stare down is don't say amen, you're disrupting me, you're distracting me. Now, don't be too excited because you get too excited, uh, that's going to make me uncomfortable. Well, you know what? That's a heart issue on your part. You need to get your heart fired up for God again and allow the Lord to stir you and give you a fire for the things of God. 
don't live your life in a, a, a state of being lethargic and just sleepy and disconnected. You need a spirit of enthusiasm. Lukewarmness is what hurts you and what hinders you from enjoying that type of a spirit. The answer is simply repent. He says, be zealous, therefore, and repent. He doesn't just say repent. He says you need to be excited and repent. You need to be immediately repenting to get over that spirit of uh, lukewarmness. But not only is it a spirit of enthusiasm is replaced with a lethargic spirit, but a zeal for excellence is replaced with a lazy spirit. In other words, instead of saying, let's get things done and let's really be excited and let's do it right and let's go above and beyond the call of duty, so to speak, it's like, well, just as long as we can get through, we're okay. Uh, you know, just as long as, you know, uh, I know the building's not completely clean, but as long as we've got a little bit clean, it's okay. Well, we passed out 100 tracks, but you know what? We have 500, but 100's enough. <laughs> It's just having this spirit that rather than doing our best, rather than studying and praying all week long to teach your Sunday school lesson, you wait to the last minute and throw it together and then go into class. Well, that's all right. It's just kids anyway. No, you need to be studied up. You need to know what the Word of God says. You need to be prepared. You need to have things in place. You need to be ready and excited to communicate the Word of God, uh, not just in a lazy way, but in an excited way. In Proverbs chapter 10, if you want to turn over, there are several verses in Proverbs I want to look at this, with this idea. A zeal for excellence cannot be replaced with a spirit, lazy spirit. And, uh, you know, and so uh, if church starts at 11 o'clock, then, of course, this service is 8.30, so I'll say 8.30. If, this church, if church service starts at 8.30 and you come strolling in at 8.40, you're demonstrating a lethargic, lazy spirit. You say, well, that offends me. I'm not trying to offend you. I'm just saying you need to identify and understand what lukewarmness is. If, if you can just kind of stroll in you're just kind of, well, if I, if I get it by, if I, you go to read your Bible and you're just reading and you're just not really excited about it, you're not concerned about it, just want to do it out of duty, you have a lethargic, lazy spirit upon you. It's lukewarmness, and you must overcome that spirit of lukewarmness. In Proverbs chapter 10, in verse 26, uh, tells us, a, as vinegar to the teeth. Now, when we were in Dividing Creek, we used to go to snow camp with the teens every winter. That camp's closed down now, or so we'd still be going there. Uh, but we used to go there in these different churches. It was a big competition for a four-day weekend between the churches that were there. And they had challenges that they would do. The teens would challenge teens. And if your, your teen was challenged and you did the thing they wanted you to do, you got points for your teen. So you didn't, as a teen, you didn't turn down the challenge. I remember this one guy on one church uh, challenged one of our girls on our church who had braces on to eat a live goldfish. <laughs> it's great. What are you talking about? It's camp, teen camp. And uh, she, she said, well, you ain't going to do it. You should just swallow it down. She didn't do that. She chewed it. 
And it was all in her braces, I'm telling you, it was crazy. <laughs> hey, teen camp is great, man, I'll tell you what. Now, uh, that, but this one challenge was the t one of the teen boys, I don't know why they were picking on our girls, challenged one of our girls to drink a cup, a little small cup of vinegar. I'm like, you kids are sick. You really are sick. And she said, well, I'm drinking. She drank that thing down. I thought, man, her teeth must be chattering. Amen. What? You say, what does that have to do with the text? Nothing. But I just want to thought about it. As vinegar to the teeth. Man, I don't know about you. I ain't drinking any vinegar. As vinegar to the teeth and as smoke to the eyes, so is the sluggard to them that send him. My goodness. So what does that tell me? Uh, it's not an exciting thing to have someone who has a lazy spirit about them when it comes to having excitement in the church. Lukewarmness will cause you to be like, vinegar to the teeth and like smoke to the eyes notice in proverbs 13 and verse 4 says the soul of the sluggard desireth and hath nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat you know you can say all you want i want the church to grow i want the church to grow i want the church to grow then go get somebody saved amen man i guess not i don't know man you people are quiet this morning but anyway, if you want the church to grow, you got to do something about it. It just doesn't happen. Sinners don't wake up one Sunday morning and say, well, you know what? I think I'll go to church. They don't do that. How, why do sinners come to church? Because saved saints of God go talk to sinners and tell them about the love of God and work hard to get them to come into the church of Jesus Christ. Not only that, Proverbs chapter 20 and verse 4. Proverbs 20 and verse 4 says, The slugger will not plow by reason of the cold, therefore he shall beg in harvest and have nothing. And, you know, you cannot allow those conditions and circumstances around you to hinder you from working hard and striving to do your best because of the fact that if you don't, you will fall into this category of being lukewarm. And the only answer for lukewarmness is to repent of it and get right with God once again. So that helps us understand what lukewarmness is. Number two, we need to recognize, understanding lukewarmness, but then recognizing lukewarmness. And so what is lukewarmness? Lukewarmness is, develops indifference in our hearts. And it develops it in very several different areas. I just want to mention, first of all, number one, by our friends. It, it, lukewarmness will cause you to have a spirit of indifference about your friends. You, somebody can say, well, you know, that person you're hanging out with is not good for you. They're doing this and doing that. Well, that's my friend. You don't understand. I, I'm still going to be friends with them. And the sad thing is we forget that, wait a minute, we're going to have friends. You've got to show yourself friendly. And so let's reach out to people and do all that we can to win people to Christ. But in 2 Samuel 13 and 3, it says that Amnon had a friend. And you read that whole story, the friend Jonadab of Amnon uh, convinced him and manipulated him on how he could bring Tamar in and defile her. Now, let me tell you something. Jonadab was not a friend of Tamar. 
I mean, and he certainly wasn't a friend of Amnon. And but what happened? Well, he's my friend. And that's what we do. We develop the spirit. Well, it doesn't matter how that person acts. It doesn't matter where they're at. It doesn't matter how they respond. It doesn't matter whether they're bad for me. They're my friend. So it doesn't matter. I'm going to stay friends. What is that? That's a spirit of indifference. You know, a friend is going to be friendly. A friend's going to direct you to live holy. A friend's not going to encourage you to do something that's going to get yourself in trouble. And so be careful because this in lukewarmness, as it develops in you, will develop a spirit of indifference about friends. You won't assess and evaluate who it is that's in your life that's convincing you and changing your mind and directing your thoughts away from God. That's a spirit of lukewarmness. Not only about friends, but of family. You know, Jesus said this, a man's foes shall be they of his own household. I'm telling you, watch out for this lukewarm spirit because I'll tell you, it'll break up families. It'll destroy friendships. Uh, anger, Proverbs twenty two twenty four says, Make no friendship with an angry man, and with a furious man thou shalt not go, lest thou learn his ways and get, they get, and get a snare to thy soul. See, see, we live in a world today that says we must accept everything. We must tolerate everything. But the reality is this. If it's gross, it's immoral, it's sinful, it's unholy, it's unrighteous, it's not just, then no, you don't want to be a part of any of that because just as you hang out with an angry man, you'll learn his ways. You hang out with people who have the wrong conduct and the wrong focus and the wrong desires, uh, you'll start developing that also. The biggest problem we have with this generation that's coming up right now is they have been completely duped that they need to accept everything that's wrong. And it's something bad and wicked if you take a stand against something that is immoral. And what happens? We have allowed that influence in our life that has developed a indifference because we're just lukewarm. We're not hot about it. We're not cold about it. We just want to kind of just flow and get along. But comparison... Uh, lukewarmness develops uh, indifference in this matter of comparison. Paul said comparing ourselves with ourselves that we're not wise. And so we always want to try to build up ourselves by looking at somebody else and putting someone else down. When in reality, we just need to stop being comparison, comparing one another and realize this, that God has given each, each one of us different special gifts and talents to be used for his glory, and we ought to be hot. We ought to be excited about what God has gifted us with and enabling us to uh, minister to others. So overcome lukewarmness by understanding what it is, but also by recognizing in your life it develops indifference. But indifference is characterized First of all, by a bad attitude. You get somebody who is indifferent about things, they, their spirit, their attitude is wrong. Why? Because they have a disagreeable spirit about them. In Colossians chapter 3, in uh, verse 12 through 14, a disagreeable spirit is birthed out of an uh, indifference or a complacency in a person's life because of the fact they're just lukewarm about spiritual things. 
in Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12, it says, Put on therefore as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness in mind, meekness and longsuffering, forbearing one another, forgiving one another. If any man hath quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful. And so we're not to have a disagreeable spirit about us, we're to recognize who our God is and what God has for us and what he desires uh, to do in our life. And we are excited about that, excited about the changes that God has brought about in our life. And we embrace those things for the glory of God rather than having a spirit that is always fighting against what God wants to do. So indifference is characterized by a bad attitude that's a disagreeable spirit, but it's also a spirit of ingratitude. In Romans chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, Because that when they knew God, all right, so there's a time when they were on fire for God. They knew God. They glorified him not as God, all right, so they became lukewarm. They, all right, that's God, but I'm not going to glorify you as God. It says, Neither were they thankful but became vain in their imaginations and their foolish hearts were darkened. So once you have lukewarmness that's developed a spirit of indifference, that indifference is characterized through a bad attitude because of the fact you develop a disagreeable spirit. You're always argumentative about everything. And you develop a spirit of ingratitude. You forget how much God has done and just setting your soul free from the bondage of sin. If you have nothing else in this life, but you have the forgiveness of God, and you've been saved and you've been born again, you ought to be thankful. But see, a spirit of lukewarmness that develops indifference gives me a bad attitude where I'm not thankful for who God is and what he's doing in my life. Not only is indifference characterized by a bad attitude, but it's characterized by brashness. And what I mean by that, I mean short answers, you know, snippy, you know. Sometimes you're talking, some people I've talked to them, sometimes, and I'm like, good night. It says, wherefore, James 1, 19, wherefore, my beloved brethren, let every man be swift to hear and slow to speak and slow to wrath. So don't be snippy with each other. Amen. When you get snippy with each other, it's evidences of a spirit of lukewarmness because you've allowed a bad spirit to develop in you. Now you can't even respond properly to someone who's trying to have a conversation with you. In verse 26, if any man among you seem to be religious and bridleth not his tongue, but deceiveth his own heart, this man's religion is in vain. See, that's this process of recognizing lukewarmness in our life, it brings us to a point of brashness. So understand lukewarmness, recognizing lukewarmness, then we need to correct lukewarmness. How can I correct lukewarmness? Look in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. 1 Thessalonians chapter 2 in verse 13. Uh, keep the word of God in front of you. How can I deal with lukewarmness? 
I must keep the word of God in front of me all the time. First Thessalonians chapter 2 and verse 13, Paul commends the Thessalonians, For this cause also thank we God without ceasing, because when ye received the word of God, which ye heard of us, ye received it not as the word of men, but as it is in truth the word of God, which effectively worketh also in you that believe. Keep the word of God in front of you as the word of God. It's not the word of man. It's the word of God. And uh, I've had people over the years say, well, I know what you're saying, preacher, and I, I understand what the Bible says, but you need to understand how I feel about this issue. Well, you just revealed that you have a lukewarm heart because it is not what you feel about the issue. It is what God has stated about the issue. And so I don't want to be lukewarm because God has warned me that, wait a minute, he'll spew me out if I'm lukewarm. So I want to keep my spirit hot for God. And the only way I can do that, I need to keep the word of God in front of me. But beyond that, I need to keep a view of eternity in front of me. And uh, just to the left a little bit, there's the book of Philippians. And in Philippians chapter 1, in verse 23 and verse 24, Says Paul says, For I am in a strait between two, having a desire to part and to be with Christ, which is far better. Nevertheless, to abide in the flesh is more needful for you. Everything that Paul was dealing with, with the Philippian believers and acknowledging Christ in him and Christ in them, uh, revolved around the reality he never lost sight of heaven. He never lost sight of the reality that where he was going, he was going to be in the presence of God. And I'm going to tell you, the view of eternity in front of you will always change your spirit to being hot. And there's nothing greater, nothing more powerful than to know you're going to heaven. I'm going to tell you, you come to the end of your life. And you have nowhere else to turn. There's nothing else you can do. The only thing that's going to give you excitement and fire in your bones and in your heart and in your spirit is the reality of eternity. That's it. And if you don't have that, you have no fire. You have no excitement. And so the correcting lukewarmness, I need to keep the word of God in front of me. And I need to keep eternity in front of me. But then I need to keep current events in a biblical view, in 2 Timothy chapter 2, in verse 19, Nevertheless, the foundation of God standeth sure, having this seal, the Lord knoweth them that are his, and let everyone that nameth the name of Christ depart from iniquity. And so, how can I keep fired up? How can I keep excited? How can I keep thrilled about my walk with God and my life with Christ? I can do that because of the fact that not only am I keeping the word of God in front of me, so I'm getting promises from God, I'm keeping the reality of the view of eternity in front of me because I know where I'm going. Ultimately, that's where I'm ending up in the presence of God. But I know this, that no matter what goes on in this word, what world I live in, the foundation of God does not be moved. It's sure in Christ Jesus. I don't care who they may be. The world's not going to end in 12 years. They can, join, they can join the ranks of Harold Camping and other false prophets over the years that preach that the world's coming to an end, and it hasn't come to an end yet. Keep current events in a biblical view. They're wrong. 
You say, well, I heard someone the other day talking to somebody debate. Well, are you a scientist? It doesn't matter whether I'm a scientist or not. Just look at the facts and look into the Word of God as a Christian and grab a hold of the principles that are in the Word of God and you're assured of the fact that nothing's going to end until God says it's going to end. But the sad thing is, is the events in life are robbing people of their vitality as a Christian. The things that are going on in the world politically and, and socially and everything else is tearing the excitement out of the hearts and out of the spirit of Christians. Get your eyes back on heaven. Get your hope back in the word of God. And forget about the current issues because God's in control of everything. Amen. Correcting lukewarmness. I don't want to come to my end of my life and be a dead dud leaf on a plant that's drying up. I want to be, come to the end of my life. I want to get out of here shouting, amen. I was thinking this morning about my mom going to heaven. I don't know how she's going to go to heaven, what's going to be like when she goes. I was glad I was with my dad when he went to heaven. But I'm going to tell you this, when I leave out of this world, I hope the last thing that comes out of my mouth is praising Jesus Christ. Amen. I want to shout praises unto my God when I'm ready to depart. You say, you're crazy. Well, I might be, but I'm going to, I want to be hot. I don't want to be lukewarm. Amen. So confessing our lukewarmness. How do you finish this whole thing up? I don't know. I've got an hour worth of preaching to do in 10 minutes. Confessing my own lukewarmness, here's questions you have to ask. This is how you can identify problems that you may be developing. And I have to ask myself these things. Number one, or letter A, or whatever you want to put down there, is my calling sure? Paul talks about that. Make your calling and election sure. You better know that you're saved. You can't be on fire for God and excited about the things of God if you're not saved. You know, you can't, you might fake it for a while. But you can't fake it long because there's always something that goes wrong. There's always some problem you got to overcome. There's always some circumstance you got to face. And I'm going to tell you what, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of a heart, a man speaketh. And I'm going to tell you right now, you will be exposed. So you better make sure you're calling an election or sure. Uh, number two or B, is my vision clear? Proverbs says, where there's no vision, the people perish. And I'm afraid many people lose their excitement for God because you have no vision. What vision do you have for your life? What do you see yourself doing for God next year? What do you see your life in the hands of God five years from now? What vision do you have of God using you to impact other people's lives for Christ? What vision do you have? I want to have a clear vision. Is my passion hot? <laughs> Glory. I don't know what, Lord, turn up at the heat. Amen. My wife was singing that song this morning and about the spirit of God in this place. I was sitting there like, Glory. Let me get down to my point. Is my passion hot? Amen. We need to get fired up about the things of God again. Why? Because, wait a minute, we're looking for Jesus coming. We're looking for eternity. We have something to be stirred up and excited about in this world. So is your passion hot? Now, letter D, am I developing my spiritual gifts? Romans chapter 12, verse 3, 4, 8. You can write that down and look through that later. But are you developing your spiritual gifts? First of all, do you even know what your spiritual gift is? What talents has God given you? 
Listen, if you can sing and you're not in the choir, you're lukewarm. If you can play an instrument and you're not playing in church, you're lukewarm. If you can teach and you're not sitting down and maybe doing discipleship or teaching a Sunday school class, uh, you're lukewarm. If you can drive that bus and you won't get in the driver's seat, you're lukewarm. Am I developing my spiritual gifts? God didn't give you the gifts you have just so that you can hoard them for yourself. He gave them you those gifts so that you can use them to be a blessing to someone else. No, I think, yeah, I got a couple more here. Amen. They're getting good. Letter E. Is my character submitted to Christ? You know, conflicts in the home will end when everybody in the home is submitted to Christ. Conflicts in the church will end when everyone's submitted to Christ. Christ is not divided. Number F, letter F, is my pride subdued? God resisted the proud. So how can I be hot for God? How can I be stirred up in the things of God? How can I be, uh, overcome lukewarmness if I allow my pride constantly to rise up? So I need my pride subdued. And here's the last thought. Is my love for God and people increasing? See, the longer you're saved, your love for God should not diminish and the longer you're saved, the love for people, God's people, should not diminish. The condemnation to the church at Ephesus in Revelation 2, 4 was, Thou hast left thy first love. And so he states the problem at the beginning of the letters, Thou hast left thy first love. And he concludes the letters to the churches in chapter 3, talking about the Laodicean church, that you're lukewarm, you need to be zealous therefore and repent. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 20. I'll put it on the screen so you can read it along with me. Paul says this, According to my earnest expectation and my hope, that in nothing I shall be ashamed, but that with all boldness, as always, so now also Christ shall be magnified in my body, whether it be by life or by death. See, that's keeping hot for God. That's living your life out to the end, stirred up for the Lord, rather than developing as the Laodicean church did, and the warning that we receive from Christ, that, wait a minute, you're not cold or you're not hot. I mean, you're just completely lukewarm. You're indifferent about everything. You need to get hot for the Lord again. You need to be zealous and repent. Why? Because that's where the blessings of God comes. That's why he follows up, be there, zealous therefore, and repent. Then he says, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come unto him and will sup with him and he with me. See, the problem is this. You're not going to open the door if you're lukewarm. 
you're lukewarm, you're not going to say, oh boy, the Lord's here and he's been convicting me. Come on in, Lord. What do I have to change? What do I have to do to enjoy, once again, my fellowship with you? See, the problem is the lukewarmness in the church of Laodicea hindered the ability for God to manifest himself in His presence, in their presence through the person of Jesus Christ. I believe God wants to do something miraculous in your life today. I do. I believe God wants to do something miraculous in my life today. I believe he wants to stir the church up and, and get us uh, excited, not just, listen, it does no good just to get by. I don't want to just get by. I want to I be abundant. I want to go beyond. I want to have life that's abundant. I want to be able to see the blessings of God flowing. And that, that means that our, our, our spirit and our approach and our focus has to be completely different than what the Laodicean church had. And we need to be stirred up for God once again. Let's bow for prayer. My Father, I come to you. I thank you for the scriptures, the holy word of God. I'm thankful, Lord, that the warning goes out. Don't be lukewarm. Don't be cold. Don't be hot. Just be fired up for God. I pray, Lord, if there's things that we need to repent of, Holy Spirit, will you impress them on our hearts and show us that we may be able to get those things out of our life. We might be able to be purged of those things that we might be able to receive the love of God, the righteousness of Christ, that we might be able to communicate that and demonstrate that in a positive, powerful way to others. And so bless in this invitation. If there is someone that needs to be saved, uh, Holy Spirit, don't let them leave here without them talking to us. Just make them uncomfortable. I pray that you'd shake them up. I pray you'd give them an aching in their heart to where they would come pleading that they might be saved. Blessing this invitation, we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.